0: Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning as we continue celebrating the Christmas season and the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we think about the nativity scene, it, uh, it's good in our minds to step back and uh, consider what those different people that were involved in this amazing story of God sending His Son to save us from our sins to see the, uh, to feel what they must have felt, to try to envision what they saw. And we sort of picture it as something separate from our lives, but the challenge also is for each one of us to examine how it affects us as we live our lives today. Not only our hope for eternity, but our challenge for today. And I trust as we look at these characters in the nativity scene, That we would recognize that God desires to use us just like he used Mary and Joseph and others. And that God is still at work today just as he was at work 2,000 years ago. So let's pray and ask for God's blessing as we look at his word this morning. Father, as we come before you, may we be challenged in our relationship with you. May we be given hope and peace that only you can give through salvation, through Jesus Christ. Lord, may you be glorified. May your word be powerful as we apply it to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever thought about a a commitment that you made and a commitment that you made that you recognize it is going to change your life? I mean, drastically change your life. Not just change your life for a day or two but affect the course of the rest of your life. Now, oftentimes, it's something that we're prepared, saying, okay, this is a big decision. Maybe you're there on your knee in front of her and asking her the question, will you marry me? There was a lot of thought, I hope, that went into uh, that decision to ask. Or maybe you're the one that he asked. What are you going to respond? Recognizing that the course of your life is going to be changed. Or maybe a a decision that you make as far as a career or a career change or a change of location. A commitment or a decision that you make that you recognize will change the rest of your life. In Luke chapter 1, we see the story of a young lady, a teenager. Her name was Mary. And she was asked to make a commitment that she recognized would change the rest of her life. What was going to be the response that Mary gave? Well, this morning in Luke chapter 1, we see that, and we see a glimpse of her response in verse 38. Luke one thirty-eight says, Then Mary said, as the angel had come and said, God wants you to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we see that Luke chapter 1 introduces this young lady, a teenager. Most people believe somewhere between the ages of 14 and 16 years old. She was engaged, and that was about the time Jewish girls would be engaged. She was engaged to a young man named Joseph. Again, this engagement, as we learned last time at this wedding, was going to be arranged by the families. And this time of engagement was a time where they spent mainly separated from each other, but they were considered married in every way except physically. And so this time period, about a year long, went as Joseph was preparing a place for Mary to live and and Mary was demonstrating her faithfulness. In the middle of this, when when life seems to be all set, here comes a curveball. And we see the announcement of the angel coming to Mary. Gabriel saying, Mary, God has chosen you to be the mother of the Messiah. Now think about what must have been going through Mary's mind. Because here is Mary. She's a young lady. She has her life in front of her. And, but God has seemed to be silent for the nation of Israel beginning with Abraham, the nation of Israel. It was born and and it grew, but throughout this time, there was the promise of the Messiah that would come. But as the Old Testament closed 400 years earlier, it seemed as if God was silent. The nation of Israel in many ways had turned their back on God, but there were still the righteous remnant that were seeking the Messiah. And for 400 years... There was silence. Now, Mary probably didn't know that a little while before some of her relatives were met by an angel, a guy named Zacharias. His wife Elizabeth was going to have a child. Elizabeth was a relative of Mary's. But Mary probably didn't know that. Elizabeth didn't pop up on social media and say, Guess what? The angel appeared to my husband, it was great. Can you tweet this out to all your friends? No. So here is Mary, she's at her home in Nazareth, this little town, a two-bit town in the middle of nowhere, northern Israel. And the angel comes. We see the announcement in verses 26 through 37. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, And can you imagine what she thought? Well, first of all, the angel. It's amazing. Whenever angels come, usually some of the words are, Don't be afraid because the glory of God is revealed. But the angel said, and then the words that he said, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was, What an announcement. Mary's thinking about the wedding feast that would be coming up at some time in the fairly near future. She was thinking about her plans and, and what it was going to be like for her to be married to Joseph, to have a family, and all of a sudden God sends the angel to say, guess what, Mary? You're going to have a son. You are going to be the mother of the Messiah. So, what was Mary's response? Verse 38, verse that we read earlier then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What had to be going through Mary's mind as as Gabriel made this announcement? She, along with the rest of Israel, was waiting for the Messiah. And now Gabriel shared that she would be involved in that special promise of God and that she would be the mother of the promised one. She had to be humbled, but also fearful. I'm sure many things went through her mind. What would Joseph think? What about her family? What about the people of her village? Her life would be turned upside down. Would she be a willing, obedient servant? Or would she say, uh, Gabriel, I'm sorry, God, I think sent you to the wrong house. (laughs) You must be uh, Sophia just down the street. I think you were supposed to go to her house. making a decision that you know will change your life. But what was Mary's response? Mary's response was, yes, absolutely. And she calls herself the maidservant of the Lord. It's the same word where we get that word bond slave that Paul uses a lot. A willing slave, a willing servant. Obedience to whoever the master is. Obedience to God. Her life would be turned upside down, but her response demonstrated faith and obedience. Now, as we go through these characters in the nativity scene, and we ask the same question about Joseph last week, that we're going to ask about Mary this week. Why Mary. Last week we asked why Joseph and we went back to Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 that we saw that he was just and merciful and he walked humbly with his God taken from Micah 6.8. But why Mary? In verses 46 through 55 we find Mary's song in response to the announcement from Gabriel. I want you just to listen to this, as, and it's on the screen also, but listen to her response, her song that she shared after this announcement and after she had spent some time with Elizabeth. It says this, and Mary said, beginning in verse 46, and Mary said, "'My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior.'" For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold henceforth all the generations will call me blessed for he will for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. Well, we see that Mary demonstrated humility. In verse 48, Mary proclaims, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Again, that same word, that willing slave. And he has regarded the lowly state, the lowest position. And in order for Mary to truly do what God called her to do, she had to be living a life of humility. Because if We don't live humble lives. We will never accomplish things for God. I want you to think throughout Scripture and think of the stories of people when they were filled with pride, when they allowed pride to control their actions and their attitudes. Nothing of great significance was ever accomplished. Only when they say, alright God, I can't do this, I've got to rely upon you. And Mary recognized, she recognized that God was her Savior in verse 47. He was the only one that could provide hope. think the phrase, he hath or he will, is used eight times in those ten or eleven verses of that song that she gives. It's all about God. If we ever want to accomplish things for God, we must recognize it's not about me. It's all about Him. And Mary recognized that in her own power, in her own strength, she could do nothing but only through God could she make a difference in the world for God's glory and through His strength. She was humble. Verse 45, or 46 through 55 is, is also called the Magnificat, which comes from the Latin translation of those first few words, my soul magnifies the Lord. But as you read those verses, as you read that song that she sings out, a recognition that without God she was nothing. but she trusted God's power. It's all encompassed in faith, knowing that God would be faithful. She must be willing. Not only did it demonstrate humility, but it demonstrated she was obedient. Her obedience was clear in her response in verse 38 and then again in verses 46 through 55, the idea of being that handmaid, that willing servant. Mary was obedient to whatever God called her to do. Those verses after or those words after she says the maid servant of the Lord in verse 38 let it be to me according to your word. Obedience. That's really hard, isn't it? Think back to your childhood. For some of us it's a little longer than others. But as we think back, when our parents ask us to do something we maybe didn't want to do, we weren't overly excited about it, how did we respond? Or maybe we were excited, but once we got into it, we recognized it was a little harder than we thought, and we maybe said, "Ah, you know, I'll just sort of let it slide. If you read through the Gospels and you see little glimpses of Mary as the story of our Savior is unfolded, she was obedient in the easy times and in the hard times. As I was growing up, my dad had a favorite phrase, and I don't know if he realized that he used it or not, but he would always say, you're really good at that. And usually that phrase meant that I was going to be asked to do whatever he believed I was really good at. You know, I, I found out I was really good at mowing the lawn. I didn't know it really took special skill, but evidently I had it. I was really good at weeding the garden a lot. Not only was I really good at it, but he gave me more practice to be even better eat the vegetables I wasn't excited about eating when we harvested the garden. You know, one thing he never said I was really good at was cleaning my room, but I still had to do that anyway. But to be obedient, to say, all right, I'm going to do whatever I'm asked to do, no matter how hard it is. Mary was obedient. And what does God ask of us? Micah 6.8, to live justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. Demonstrated by Joseph, but also by Mary. Humility and obedience... But a third characteristic that Mary displayed was that she displayed courage. She was courageous because she trusted God in both the known and the unknown. When Gabriel came and made the announcement, Mary, there were some things that Mary recognized right away were going to change in her life. But there were also some things that she had no clue how they would affect what would take place but she still stepped out to follow God. I think we have a misnomer of courage. We think courage means that I will have no fear. But courage means that I will step up even in the midst of my fear. That's what it means to be courageous. And for me, it's it's easier to be courageous when I know everything that's going to take place But for Mary, there were so many unknowns, but yet she still said, Let it be to me according to your word. She had to recognize that there would be some uh, difficult discussions with Joseph. She had to recognize that there would be some comments and some attitudes from those who knew her. That some people around would question Joseph her faithfulness to Joseph, her faithfulness to God. She recognized there would be a changed course of life. Those were things that she knew, but she was also courageous in the things that she didn't know. And it's really hard to step out and obey when we don't know what will happen. If God calls us to do something and we're like, God, I I don't know if I can do that. By the way, that's a great first statement. (laughs) Because I can't do that without God. But Mary recognized that God would provide the things that she needed to do what he called her to do. Recently, we, we've, uh, we had a series and our connect groups worked with spiritual gifts. And the challenge is to recognize that God has given each and every follower of his spiritual gifts to use for his kingdom. God also has given us natural abilities. God's given us experience and passion. But God has given us spiritual gifts. And the challenge is for us to use those gifts to further his kingdom. And we as a church family challenged ourselves and each one of us, how are we going to use our gifts for his kingdom? It would have been so easy for Mary to say, you know God, I don't know what this means. And so I'm not going to step out because I just don't know if I can do what you've called me to do. But it's interesting, the last words that Gabriel gave before Mary's response in verse 37 was that with God all things are possible, or nothing is impossible without God. And he, and he related back to the fact that Elizabeth was going to have a child in her old age, and I'm sure for Mary she could go back into the history of Israel and see some incredible births even beginning with the father of Israel, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. When Sarah had a child far past the age where women would have children. But this birth was going to be even more amazing because this birth was the, was a remind, or was the fact that God himself was going to come, Emmanuel, God, with us. And Mary stepped up and she said yes, because she knew she could rely upon God and recognize that He was a faithful God. Now, she asked the question, How can this be? In that discussion with Gabriel, and you say, See, that's showing some doubt. Well, actually, that question was not doubting God's ability, but. How was God going to do it? And if you go to verse 45, when she's having a conversation with Elizabeth, Elizabeth shared, Blessed is she, is Mary, who believed. She could take comfort in those words of verse 37 that the angel shared, For with God nothing will be impossible. She could rely upon a faithful, all-powerful God, which allowed her to be courageous in the light of both the known and the unknown. But I want to step back and think about what were the angels thinking when Gabriel shared the announcement with Mary. Now, we're using some imagination here. But uh, think with me. Obviously, God knew. And you say, what would happen if Mary said no? (laughs) Well, God knew. But Mary still chose to obey. But can you imagine the angels? Hey, Gabriel's going down to tell Mary this thing we've been looking for. God sending His Son, Jesus Christ. And so I'm sure they were probably just sort of leaning over in anticipation as Gabriel began the announcement. And then as he shared it, what's she going to say? And she said, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be as you have said an amazing response to the one who would be the mother of the Messiah. What an amazing story. It's a little unfair because we look back and see what she could not see at that moment. But as we look back, I love the way that Max Lucado put it, looking at those times leading up to the the birth of the Christ. And he says this through a scandalous pregnancy, an imposed census, and an untimely trip, and an overcrowded inn, God triumphed in Mary's story. Mary knew nothing about how, when she was about ready to have birth, she would be required to travel 80 to 90 miles down to Bethlehem. She had no idea that there wouldn't be a lady or more than one lady there to be with her during the birth, That would be taking place in a stable where the animals lived and she would have to place this baby in a manger, feeding trough. She had no idea that shortly after his birth, Joseph would have to take her and the baby to Egypt to flee the anger and wrath of Herod. She had no idea that a little over 30 years later she would be standing at the foot of a cross watching her son, the son of God, die for her sins to provide the hope of the world. But through it all, Mary said yes. Why could she say yes? Yes. She could say yes because she was humble. She knew in her own strength she could do none of this. But in God's strength, victory would be won. And the task would be accomplished. She could say yes because she was obedient. God, whatever you want, And she could say yes because she had a courage that only God could provide. But as she trusted God in the known and the unknown to recognize that God would be faithful. You know God is still at work today just as he was then. And he still uses imperfect but willing people just like he did. In the life of Mary, imperfect but willing. You know, it's unfortunate that we we sort of go to one extreme or the other when we look at Mary. Oftentimes, Mary is looked at in many ways divine. She was a sinful human being, just like each and every one of us. She was born into this world in sin. But oftentimes to try to separate ourselves saying, well, Mary isn't divine, what happens? We don't step back and recognize her faithful service and faith in her God. And because of that, God chose Mary, a humble girl from humble beginnings Living in humble circumstances, in a two bit town, 90 miles away from where all the royalty was, Jerusalem. But yet God chose her. But we have to ask ourselves another question why me? Not just why Mary, why me? God works today just like He worked then. And God has things, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, He has forgiven your sins, your home is in heaven because you've put your faith and trust in Him. God desires to use you to impact this world for His kingdom. God has given you special gifts and passions and experience to be able to make a difference in this world. But he asks the same question that he asked Mary. Will you step up in humble obedience and courageously step out and follow me? That's the question that God has for each one of us. Just as he asked Mary a little over 2,000 years ago. And can you imagine what Mary must have thought a little over 30 years ago, or 30 years later, excuse me, 30 years later when she saw her son die for the sins of the world. And the course of history was changed forever because of the hope that Jesus Christ brings. And we celebrate that hope as we consider the Christmas Season, but Christmas was really just the beginning of Easter because Jesus was born to die for our sins and God used some interesting characters to fulfill his plan Joseph, Mary, the shepherds and others for his plan to bring salvation to all mankind through Jesus Christ. So as we celebrate Christmas, ask yourself the question, why Mary? But also, why me? And more than that, what? God, what do you have for me to do? And am I the willing bondslave of the Lord who would say, yes, Lord, whatever you ask? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that as almighty God you love us more than we can imagine. Lord, we thank you that as almighty God you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for our sins so that we could have hope, that we can have our sins forgiven and eternity to spend with you in heaven. But Lord, as we live this life on this earth, may we be willing, obedient servants. May we have the attitude of Mary being willing to be courageous and step out in obedience, trusting you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.